I think there's an articulation in the brain that if you understand art at its most basic fundamental levels, you're able to translate that into other areas or other skills. So for me, going from one to the next and photography and makeup and music and all this stuff, I knew that I could teach myself and learn how to do lashes. I knew and I was comfortable doing that. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because you'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Today we have Kayla Joy on our podcast. Who's Kayla? Well, she's the creative director over at Lash Reality. Also the co-host of Lash Duality, which is our podcast. And is the former owner of Vod Lashes. So hopefully you're following her because she creates some awesome content on Instagram and actually maybe TikTok. I don't know. I don't, I have not really gotten enough time to really invest into TikTok. Most of my time is on Instagram and podcasting and well, LashCon and all the other things. So anyhow, that all said, we're excited to have Kayla on because she's going to talk about her background in art and really how it's helped her set herself up in her career in lashes. We also go about her career path and how she ended up at Lash Reality. We go into dealing with depression, homelessness, and being feeling like, like an outsider in life in general. She also shares a little about her podcast and why she started and what are some of her future hopes. And really, we recorded this quite a while, but we're just now finally getting out. So apologize to Kayla for taking so long. We've just been so backed up with LashCon, but we're excited to finally get the song. I really think it's an important episode. And really, one of the things I loved about it, she talks about really how her life is really an example of how you take your passion and you combine it with what you love. And these two things mesh and it's something really, really powerful. So hopefully it'll be a great encouragement to those of you out there who sometimes feel like an outsider, who maybe have other passions other than lashing and, and trying to figure out how can you combine those things together. And Kayla's story is a one of a really, well, it's an ongoing story. She's not done. She's still doing a lot of cool stuff and growing and, and figuring things out. And I, hopefully this will be a great encouragement to you. Well, with that said, before we get into that, we always have one bit of important things that we need to do, and that is announcements. All right, we have three things I'm going to talk about. First, something exciting for those of you who missed the first sale. We did a sale right after LashCon, and then after I closed ticket sales, I had a bunch of people DM, email me, say, oh, by the way, our ticket sale's going up in December for sale. And I was like, no, they're not, because we just did our sale, because last year in 2022, we actually did them the week before Christmas. Know what? After getting talked about, enough people hitting me up, we're going to do a sale just for like four days, December 19th through the 22nd, and you can buy your VIP or your standard ticket. And we've already sold about a fifth of all of our tickets. So it's still early, so there's still time. But if you've been wanting to get a VIP ticket, I don't think we'll sell out, but we could. I mean, most of the tickets we sold were VIP, so this might be your chance. Otherwise, we will bring them back. The goal is in March. Last year we did April. This year we're going to aim for March at some point to have them ready and up to for sale. But we'll do a flash sale. So if you want to get your ticket for Christmas or maybe get your husband, boyfriend, or friend, or whoever, loved one, to buy you the ticket, you can tell them December 19th through the 22nd. The tickets will be 
for sale. You can go to thelashconference.com, click on the link there, take you to our store, or you can just go to our store, which is Lashcast Productions, and buy your ticket in just very soon. Coming up. Also, we have Tustin's Retention Course. We are actually going to be recording, excitingly, what we'll call the hybrid or the virtual version of the class. We're going to be doing that this coming weekend, and then we're going to edit that together so you can watch it online, and then you can come to a one-day class and we're hoping for late March, where it's going to take some time to get everything set up and all that. So now, instead of having to fly out for two days or take three days in the hotel, you can do, almost do one night in the hotel. And we're going to cut the price to $9.97 so that you do the stuff online. Then we'll do a live Q&A with Tustin. And then you get the group training with Tustin. We're hands-on training with Tustin. And we're going to start with our new location that we just rented out here in Pasadena. So if you're familiar with LashCon, it's like five minutes from LashCon when we used to have the hotel down the street. It'll be in our offices here in Pasadena. And we'll be launching a East Coast version two with another trainer of ours. We'll be announcing that. And you'll be able to take classes in New York with her. And then Tessa and I will probably take two or three other trips around the country just because we like to go out and see everyone. We have friends we need to see. We've got to go see Shelby down in Texas and other people. So more details on that to come. Also, we have our LashCast Clubhouse. We are going to start enrollment on January 8th. We're hoping December, but now realizing the best date right after all the holiday craziness. January 8th, we'll have more details to come. But really, we're going to be unpacking how we built our businesses. We've done it twice now. We built two seven-figure um, businesses. One was a salon. The other was our coaching and our training and event company. And we've done a little bit of everything. So we're going to really unpack for wherever you're at in your journey. Like, hey, you want to learn how to get busy? We're going to teach you how we built our salon, how we got clients. We're going to teach you everything, customer service, and how to up-level your service so it's the very best. We're going to, and it's going to be live weekly Q&A sessions where we sit down, talk, do hot seat coaching, as well as just some other things we're working on. But when it's all done, it's going to be super affordable. It'll be under $100, and it'll be something that you just come in when you can. If you can't, we'll always record it. You can watch it later. And it's going to be very much like taking our podcast to the next level. Like you, if you love what you get here, we're going to give you so much more just by listening or meeting with us and being able to have more access to us. So that's coming on January 8th. It'll be, we'll have one week for you to sign up. And before that, we'll have some little stuff where you can get some more information and we'll explain what we're doing to really make sure that it is the right fit for you and then you can jump in on board. All right, so that is coming. Otherwise, if you want to go on an email list, become a LashCast Insider and you want to do that by going to the link in our show notes and sign up today, get our email. So that way, when all this stuff starts unpacking, you'll know about it. Okay, that is all I have for announcements. Now let's sit down with Kayla and really talk about her journey to where she's got today, where she's got to learn how to combine her passion, what she's good at, to really make a big difference in our lash industry. Hey, Smart Cookies, we are coming to you from the LashCast studio. I am so excited to introduce our next guest. We've had the privilege of being friends for a while. We think she's got a lot of great things to say. Welcome, Kayla Joy. She is the creative director of Lash Reality, formerly of VOD Lashes. Welcome, Kayla. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am just so in over my head right now. I'm excited. Yeah. That's okay, because we were talking so much. Blah, 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 blah. Before we started, we said we might as well just get, go ahead and get started recording yeah. because we're talking about such amazing stuff. So No, Kayla is really someone special. That I think all you should be following, if you're not already following Last Reality, you need to today after you listen to this because... Kayla is one of these people that thinks outside the box. She is not your average bear. She thinks very differently and thoroughly about things. She questions everything. She's kind of like us. She just questions everything. And just because you've said it doesn't mean she's going to believe it. She's going to go and do her own research and think critically about some things and often comes up with different conclusions, which she then shares on Last Reality. And, and she does it in a very articulate way. Articulate. And I think in ways that I think ruffle feathers sometimes, but not because she wants to be difficult, but because she's like, guys, the way we've been thinking or doing this isn't the way we do it. And that's why I think for us, we felt such an attraction when we learned about you, found out more about you. And then now that I, I follow you and see, and then one of the best things Carly's done is bring you on her company, I bet. So I'm, we're just so excited to have you on and get to share a little about your journey and about getting into the last industry, but also pivoting in your career and moving in this direction. And I want, we want to talk a little bit about at least what so far has been a 
a quick start for a podcast and then a, a long gap. <laughs> and then, like, well, we can talk about all of that. Yeah, we can talk about all this uh, and maybe, and we'll see what else pops up. But we're really excited to have you on to bring all these different things. So let's get started first, really, so that everyone knows your background, like in in lashes. Like I know Lash Reality is based out of Vegas, but you are not in Vegas. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about where you live, how you got into the beauty industry, how you got into lashes, and all that. Sure. So I am from Oklahoma City, but originally I'm from a little small town called Enid, Oklahoma, which is just a little Oklahoma podunk town. So how many people um, live in Enid? It's about 55,000. It's a medium sized town, but there's not much there. So when I was growing up, I struggled a lot with not feeling comfortable being myself there. And it was very obvious to me from an early age that I was different. I didn't want to dress like everybody else. I didn't want to work at a gas station when I got older. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. So a lot of my dreams were bigger than the city that I lived in. So I didn't know what an esthetician was. I didn't know what any of that. I just thought that I was an artist and I wanted to go out and figure out a way to to live. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us that are artists find out quickly that you become a starving artist because (laughs) it's very hard to figure out how to monetize your art and do things that are creatively fulfilling, but also monetarily fulfilling. So for me, I moved out of that town to Oklahoma City when I was 22. And then from there, I eventually went to esthetician school because I wanted to do makeup artistry. People that have heard my story a lot before know that I used to be a photographer for about 12, 15 years. Really? Ish. Yes, I did that professionally. And I did weddings. I did births. I did seniors. I did all of that stuff. And so my brain was very much consumed by the digital world and graphic design. And so I was doing a lot of marketing and graphic design in my previous business whenever I was doing that. So I felt super comfortable moving into that whenever I started makeup artistry and then eventually doing lashes. But I'm trying to remember if I'm forgetting anything because like my life has just been so crazy. I didn't think you were <laughs> old, downs. old enough I to have a career yes. for that 12, 15 year career before even getting into the lashes. I didn't know. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's in her 20s for sure. <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 30 now. Yeah. So you started young too. It sounds oh my like gosh. you got in. I thought you were in your 20s. I, early, yeah, I thought you were 20s, like our yeah. daughter's age. Yeah, like 23, 24. 23. So, Seriously. but that's it. So you didn't want a career, I guess, as everyone is eat it, you said. Is eat it. Everyone wants to be a ga- working gas, I guess. Everyone likes the gas station work. No, <laughs> no it's just the metallic. Oil. Right? Oil and gas is huge in Oklahoma, but I just, I always joke about that old town. I'm sure nobody's going to even listen (laughs) that's from there. And there's no shame in living there. It's just like the type of town that you would move to if you want to retire or raise your kids. That's pretty much all that. There's only so much to do there. So I knew I needed to leave. But what really brought me to move and try to get out of that situation was I worked all kinds of jobs. I worked at Walmart. I worked at a call center at one point, like I've done pretty much everything. And I just thought there has to be more to life than this, because I know that I'm capable of more. And I, from a young age, knew that I wanted to be a teacher of some sort. I didn't want to be the the regular teacher that makes no money. I wanted to educate in some form. And I wanted to do something significant with my life. And so moving out of there was like the best idea. And even though I live in Oklahoma City now, I still feel like it is words. Yeah. I still feel like it is somewhat holding people back. You can still find great jobs there, but I don't think I'm going to live there forever. But to answer your question about getting into the lashes, since I had moved out of photography and then moved into a career of makeup artistry, which I started photography when I was 13. Oh my gosh. That's why. Okay. Okay. Yes. And I took my first client, like paying client at 15, I think somewhere around there but i was taking paying clients like as a minor so you're wow. always a you, go-getter yeah self-starter <laughs> do your own thing and it makes sense by the way makeup makes sense because makeup and photography kind of go hand in mm-hmm. hand right yes and really what got me into makeup was i remember i was trying to set up a stylized shoot with a like a couple models and hire a makeup artist and i was going to do the photos so that we could all like work together and make some art. So I hired this uh, makeup artist and I did so much searching and did the model call and got everything cold together. And then the makeup artist flaked. Hmm. So then I was just like, okay, well now that means I have to figure out how to do makeup. Yeah. (laughs) So then I taught myself how to do makeup. And from then on, it was like, okay, well now I can basically cut that. Basically now I can 
offer photography and makeup for my female clients or my feminine clients that want that experience. Mm. And I can just do it all myself. I don't have to outsource anybody and pay somebody to come in here and do it. I can just do it. And so that's what it turned into was just like, I loved photographing women. And so this will all make sense in a second, but I loved working with women. I loved mm. the transformation. I absolutely could see the confidence change yeah. in the women. And when you get somebody comfortable, then they can be themselves. It's not about putting on a mask, which everybody thinks that it is. It's about getting somebody comfortable to be themselves and show like their true eyes and their true smile. And then when you photograph them and turn the camera around, it's like they're seeing themselves for the first time. You're resetting their brain in a way. That's what I loved about photography was I, I just was so enthralled with the change that can happen internally, not just externally. So with working with women and knowing that I loved working with the femininity and like all that, and I never was a girly girl. I still don't think of myself as a girly girl. I'm great with either way, but I decided to go to esthetician school because I wanted to be licensed. I was so scared that being a makeup artist, I would get in trouble by the state board that I wasn't, I didn't have a license. So I didn't know one way or another, should I go get my license or not? And I just went for it. I found a, a really good school and nine months later, ended up just getting my license. And the lash extensions thing though, like getting into that was randomly, I, well, not randomly, <laughs> it was a strategy. It, it very much was thought out. I was thinking about hairstylists. They see clients every six to eight weeks-ish, maybe longer, but a lash artist can see them every two to three weeks. So I can build my clientele faster. Yeah. So that's why I asked my like Facebook friends, I was like, hey guys, would anybody want to get lash extensions if I bought a kit? And I had like 10 people. Yes, let's do it. I'm like, okay, well, looks like I'm going to have to learn how to do lashes. <laughs> and I went on, I basically, I was working at a call center at the time and I had this bonus of $500 or something. And I took the last $500. I quit my job and I bought a massage table. I bought all the stuff. And then I just started doing it. Hmm. And I found a little hole in the wall room in the salon that I could rent. And I started taking clients and there it was only $100 a week. So it was like pretty Wow, cheap. that's very affordable. I, yeah. Yes. And I ended up getting a different job part time so that I could do part time at the salon and then part time there. And I ended up actually working at two salons. So Enid, this is going to come back. Yeah. So in Enid, I had so many friends there that one of my friends became a salon owner and she asked me, hey, will you drive up to Enid like once a week to do lashes for her clients here? And I was like, sure. Yeah. So then my books filled up so much faster because I was traveling. And so one day a week turned into two, turned into three days a week where I was out of town. And then I would go do that. I would come back home and do like three days a week working in the salon that I worked at in Oklahoma City. And then I had my part-time job. Oh my gosh. I was working seven days a week. And I remember, this is just so funny to me, but I remember there was a uh, manager at my job. I think I worked at Ulta for a little bit, but there was this manager there that she was like, I haven't had a day off in like two weeks. And I'm like, try three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, your life is not that bad. I yeah. promise two you. Two weeks, you're okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's what got me into lashes. And... I didn't take my first training with lash extensions until three years after I did lashes. Oh my so for gosh. the first, first three years, I taught myself. But what you all, guys also don't know, I'm absolutely not trying to say this as like, hey, this is what I can do. If everybody <laughs> knows that reference, yeah. look what I can do. Yeah. I was a musician when I was younger, and I also taught myself how to be a vocalist. And so I went on to do like competitive singing a little bit. I was in band every year. I was a trained choir person. Oh, are you a band person? Yeah, I'm a band geek. Yeah, yeah. What did you play? I played, well, I played, started clarinet. I played saxophone. I played guitar and a little drums. So I played yes. like a bunch of things. And yeah, I was never a great musician, but I was a huge band geek. Yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. you play? So I started on guitar and then I did that for a few years, went to flute, did that for a few years, went to tenor sax, and then I went to baritone sax. Hey, and jazz band, I was Barry Sax. <laughs> yes, my favorite. So that's what we have in common. Yes, yes. Barry Sax is my favorite. They did try to get me to learn the French horn 
And I started to learn it. And I was like, man, I'm so focused on like other things. French me, horn I, is I, hard. It's, yes. French horn oh, yes. is such an amazing, clear sound. But man, you can always, it's a beautiful yeah. instrument. It is one of the most beautiful, but it's also one of the most difficult. The yes. embouchure you need for the French horn is like no mm-hmm. other. And that's why no one does it. <laughs> okay. For those and, of us who don't know, what is the armature precious? Armature is basically, how did I describe it? It's a way you pucker up and use your mouth, I guess, to play the On instrument. the reed? No it's, reed. It's oh, a, it's, it's just a brass. A it's a brass. It's brass. <laughs> well, I mean, you. I guess technically you have to have a certain embouchure for the woodwinds as well. You do. It's just like a different muscle. Your muscle movements around your mouth is what dictates your embouchure, if you don't know what that is. But it's very difficult to learn as a beginner. And then once you get used to it, it sounds weird, but you learn how to control all the muscles in your mouth. But yeah. Is it riding a bike? Like you learn it? Yeah. And, oh, and no, it- yeah. I, I haven't played saxophone in 20 plus years, but I could pick it up and play it tomorrow. I won't be good. You don't forget it. You just have to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's a little bit, but French horn, what it is, it, the mouthpiece is really small versus like mm-hmm. a trumpet or a trombone or a tuba, which are huge. Well, tuba's mm-hmm. monster thing, but it's just a very fine <laughs> saxophone. Hey, we're really getting into that. I don't even know why. Yeah, that's I'm excited. That's, let me move on. It's just different. It's yeah. so exciting. I'm just really cool to see that we're both Barry Sax fans. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. No. I had always wanted to learn other instruments, yeah. but I think like timing wise, it wasn't working out because I was about to get out of high school and like, uh, they really wanted me to do French horn. I was like, nah. I can learn this, but it's going to be a lot. It's really tricky. So anyways, I'm still a vocalist. But I was a musician. So there was all these things that I was doing in my youth where it it requires like a lot of skill building, a lot of diligence. And so for me, whenever I would transition to each new skill that I was doing, it was very easy for me because to me, art is translated through all things. So it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you have the mindset, you can figure things out and do it in a precise manner or like in a honed in manner. So that to me is what made it easy for me to learn lash extensions. And at the time, I do remember Instagram was like really popping off with like education. This was back in December 2017 or November, whenever I first started doing lashes and I was practicing. And then early 2018 is when I started like officially taking clients. So, but yeah, my first ever training, I took a online class with Borboletta. She wanted to give out like a five or so free memberships to like take a class and I was one of the people that was selected and I selected the volume and classic class because I wanted to see what I was missing and I this is no like shame or anything to like Borboletta but I didn't learn anything in in the class because I knew everything already so that was three years in by the way, real quick, we got to reveal a dark secret about what we believe about training and I think Tess you know where I'm going right Go ahead. I, okay, I'll just say it. We actually don't believe you have to take trainings to learn lashes. Oh, <gasps> done. Unpopular opinion because, I mean, it's one thing if you're going to become a doctor and a surgeon, yes, you should go and get an education and all that. But lashes, while I think trainings are great, and for most people, you definitely should take them and learn. We've met people who are great artists and they pretty much learned back in 2008 2006 when there were really no training so you just made it up as you go and they're doing fine today and they do lashes well they're not like hacks they're good artists and okay so i'm chomping at the bit to say something here so i think that training is a luxury like now because it's so established you can take a training and you learn a lot But can you do it on your own? Yes, you can, but you will fall a lot. And since there's already a lot of uh, competition out there, I'm not saying it can't be done, but you can, because that's how I learned to do it it. too. (laughs) Yeah, you you did too. I did a training in 2005 and those were the dark ages of lashes. We didn't even know how to do a a removal, how to do a fill, how to unstick the lashes, because that wasn't even a thing. You just let them go with them all stuck together. And like I learned how to do it by trial and error. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure because the kind of learner that you are, you're going to stick to something until you get it and you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, and yeah. that's the key. You have to be a learner. Some yeah. people are that's... followers, and they don't want to have to think through things. So they're just going to be like, just teach me what I need to do, and I'll well, copy it. That's not a bad thing. No, that's just but how, it's brain that's how they work. They're just, I'll just copy it and do it, and I'm fine. Just give me that path that I need to follow. But then there's other types who are like experimenters, which I know you two guys are the type of people who like to try, push outside the boundaries, try something new, see if it works. Oh, that didn't work. Go back, start over. Because there were days back in the olden days where I would glue people's lashes together. There would be glue everywhere. There would 
would be would be a mess. But people in the dark ages didn't know any better. We're just like, oh my gosh, my eyes look better. And then I look back at those early day pictures and I'm like, what were we thinking? We were thinking this was good, but it was good at the time. There was no other. It's all context. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so. I know that you can learn from your mistakes. And so can you just bring it in? Like, just make that connection for me with you learned how to do music. How did that help you with learning how to do lashes? Sure. So because from an early age, I was so open to like learning new skills. And I think there's an articulation in the brain that if you understand art at its most basic fundamental levels, you're able to translate that into other areas or other skills. So for me, going from one to the next and photography and makeup and music and all this stuff, I knew that I could teach myself and learn how to do lashes. I knew and I was comfortable doing that. But I don't recommend that for everybody. I, I think and I openly talk about that with my students when I train. Be open about the idea that you are it's you can learn on your own. Like you can train yourself on stuff. Not everything has to be I can only learn from a teacher. You can self-study, self-learn, try, experiment. Yeah, I was telling my students, you can teach yourself anything, but for some people, it's going to be a lot harder and they need a mentor or they need guidance and that's okay. But for some people, yeah, you can learn yourself. And I just, I think you need to know how your brain works and what is really best for you. But for me, when I was learning lashes, it was actually one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn. Really? Harder than music, harder than photography for me. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to learn because it was all trial and error. Yeah. Okay. I had some references online that I could look to, but like learning volume and stuff. Oh mm. my gosh. It was just me crying and like getting angry and being upset and just struggling so much with it that I thought, am I ever going to get better? But of course you always do. You always get better every single time that you do it. Every time that you practice, every time that you do a set, you will get better. It And it's like that saying, like time always runs out. Like no matter what, time will always run out. But you will always get better as long as you keep practicing. Mm -hmm. Just keep practicing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's it a great attitude because I think a lot of people get discouraged. I mean, we do have turnover mm -hmm. in our industry and I think some of it is because people get in and they get sold this idea that overnight they're going to be a millionaire, millionaire in two years. You're make six digits. A quadrillion billionaire. And it doesn't happen that quickly and they don't realize you need time. You need patience and you need practice. You just need to work it out. And yeah, maybe three, four, five, six years from now, things will be much more what you envisioned when you first got in. But I think there is a little bit of that impatience. And some of that's just our culture today. We just have a very impatient now. I want now, give up, move on. And in fact, it sounds like you were not that way. You decided to hang in there. And was there anything you'd attribute to that kind of staying power this time? Because you've been doing it now for six years. Yeah, what was it that made you really want to move into this and, and stay with it? Okay, this is a really great question, and I love talking about this. So a big reason why I stuck with it for so long and why I just kept going and I'm still in the industry is at the time there was this starvation feeling. Like, I do not want to work at a clothing store or a call center. I do not want to work in that world. I'm going to be my own boss no matter what it takes. I'm going to do it. So I knew that I had to push through any struggles that I had or any frustrations that it was going to get better and that I just had to do it for me. And just for reference, right before I became an esthetician, I was working for Sephora. And if you don't know, it's like a grocery store job. Like everybody's fighting for hours and everybody wants to be at work, but they don't pay that well and we don't make commission or anything. So I was only making about $250 to about $500 a paycheck. So I would work for two weeks and I would be making that much money. And then after I became a lash artist, I was making like I was undercharging and all that stuff. But I was making at least thirty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. You know, that's a huge yeah. Like, increase. Going, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going from one to that. And the money was not the biggest factor for me. It was I need stability. That is what I'm looking for. And so the two to three week clients coming back and building a really quick clientele. That to me was like, okay, this is my strategy to monetize my art because I did find a lot of joy in the creation and the customization and the, the transformation and the empowerment of women. That is what gave me the fuel to do what I did. And, be, and that was my passion, my underlying passion. But I already knew that inside of me. 
I already knew that was going to propel me into the next thing that I would be able to excel at. So lash extensions turned into the vehicle that I used to monetize my art and find that stability. And that was the, the greatest gift that I could ever give myself was finding lash extensions. And so when I talk about on my Instagram and stuff, and I tell people all the time, this has given me purpose. Every day I wake up and I think about my purpose and I think about what it means to have the community and to be around so many great people. And like, we all have this shared thing like in common that we're striving towards, which is just being able to make your own life and make other people's lives better. I share that with a lot of people in this industry. I don't want to just speak for myself. But to me, that question is so important because we have to know our why. If you don't know your why, then you're not going to last. You're not going to last in an industry. I feel so tormented by this idea that people are in jobs that they hate or people are in positions where they're not happy. And it's like, I know that they can get out of that. I know that these people can find their passion. And sometimes it takes longer for people than others. And it might not be lash extensions that you love. It might be something else. But the only way for you to go out and figure that out is you have to experience the world and see and try new things. And lash extensions for me was the most obscure just weird thing that I didn't think I would ever do. And now I do it. And I'm the happiest that I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> Two things. First, I always say, and I heard this from a thing called what's Entree Leadership. They talked about you get this intersection, you find where your passion is and what you're good at. And if you can get those two things interact or to connect, you found the sweet spot that so few people in the world ever find. That's a very unique thing. A lot of people have passion, and they're like, I'm really passionate. Like Mark Cuban says, I'm really passionate about playing basketball. But if he had pursued his passion, he was not competent to be a basketball player. He would never have been a good basketball player. He's a big, goofy white guy. And so he would have never made it. And he would have sucked and never had his career. Instead, he found he was a good nerd. And he found a career in software. And, so, but, and then he went and found his passion. He bought the Mavericks. And now he owns the Mavericks. So he still gets to have his passion, but he as an owner, not as a player. And I think yes. what it is, it's really unique that you found like, hey, I'm an artist and I'm passionate about art. And also I can tell you're passionate about making women feel empowered and being confident and feeling beautiful and finding, like you said, the real self. It's not about masks and all that. It's about finding them, which I didn't realize that when we first got into this industry, I was like, Tosh, we're just, it's so fake. It's so trivial. It's so, who cares? And then I realized as I joined her and said, well, I'll just join you in this silly trivial pursuit and i went women's lives are changed i mean literally yeah. changed mm -hmm. by touch by just like a little yes. care about an hour or two with tusney of whole seeing lives. themselves as truly beautiful yeah when yes. they didn't see themselves as beautiful before and it was yes. amazing so i changed my tune and went okay this is actually really like a mission we're doing something very special here mm -hmm. but I, I think it's just great for a lot of people out there so if you right now have passion but maybe you're not some, good at something Maybe just need a little more time to get good at it. Or maybe you need to pivot a little bit, take that passion, find another way to apply it like you did. You loved music, but it wasn't going to pay the bills. So you found something else that you found competence in, which was lashing. And then you were able to connect those two dots. And then it's been, as you said, the happiest you've ever been, which is, I think it's very special. So there's this pivot now, like you start doing lashes and now you had uh, VOD lashes, but now you've joined Lash Reality and become the creative director there. And you're not doing lashes anymore, but you know them so well so that you're able to use that knowledge to do like the mark is well, it the marketing and all that, but, but i want to find out we even forget that like how did that happen because obviously you're like i'm loving and digging lashes and then boom you decide to pivot and move into working with carly who we love and adore also and i just want to know maybe what were what was that transition what brought you to that point I was doing lashes for about five years. I was about to hit my five-year anniversary. I got a salon at one point. I hired some people. I had renters. I did all of that too. And I had the VOD lashes line. Yeah, I had done some products. I had started with the salon and having people in there working. And I had tried to work up the ladder in a sense that everybody tries to work up that traditional beauty industry ladder, like, oh, well, now I have to open this and I have to do this. And so I tried that because I thought, well, why not? Because I'm always seeking a challenge. I get bored very easily. So I can't just keep sitting in my chair in a room by yourself. Yeah, I can't do that. So when I was around that five-year mark and I had all this stuff and I thought to myself, is this making you happy? Is this really like what you want to do? 
Can you imagine yourself having to keep up with the bills of these two places and then dealing with the employees and stuff like that? I just thought all this time I thought that I had to have this and I really don't want it. I got to a point like about a year into my commercial lease. That's three year lease. (sighs) I was like, I don't want this anymore. And being honest with yourself and knowing what you really deep down want and what makes you happy on a day-to-day basis. It's not just about like, well, there's this long journey. Like I get it. I have to be in the year. I have to be selling products for at least three years before I see any kind of thing. I can make up all these excuses of like why I should stick with it. But really deep down, is it making me happy? I started to feel depressed to come to work. And this is what I tell people all the time. If there's something in your life that is causing you resentment or stress, You have to take a step to change it, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's your husband or if it's problems with your work or something has to change, whether that's talking to somebody or so I knew I needed to get rid of the salon. And I was looking at my product line and thinking, I don't really care to deal with like fulfillment and shipping. I don't care about that. I love the design because I used to be graphic designing and photography and all that. I love that. But I don't want anything to do with the money and I don't want anything to do with the warehouse stuff. And I don't care. So when I was talking to my boyfriend around that time, I just was like, what if I just went back to design? What if I just did that? But I niched in a market that doesn't have a lot of graphic designers. There's a lot of people that need website design because I've designed my websites since I was 11 years old. I designed websites. So I know my way around the computer and all that stuff. But I thought, wow, this could be a really great strategic move for me to niche in this market and be able to have. I love this community. I don't want to leave this community. So he was like, yeah, just go for it. So what I ended up doing was I let go of a few clients and I was spending a lot of time at home just working on design. I started soliciting myself to people, like reaching out to either artists or businesses and stuff like that, just to see if they needed anything. And it's very hard for me to approach people and be like, hey, can you use me, please? Like, that's very hard for me. But I did it because what it came down to was I needed the money. And I was paying for a salon that was close to like $5,000 a month in expenses. And then on top of that at home, all my home expenses. So I was like, okay, I need business. Started reaching out to people. And Carly at Lash Reality was one of the people that I reached out to. So I had reached out to her because I knew a while back we had been friends since like probably around 2020. But I reached out to her because I knew she had discussed with me that she wasn't happy with her website. So long story short, I start doing her website. She's thrilled. She's happy. I start doing a few designs for her. She's thrilled. She's happy. And in fact, she was already paying a graphic designer to do some social media stuff for her. But she fired her to take take me on. (laughs) Well, she didn't really fire. She let her go. There you go, yeah. Because it made it made more sense for me to move into the position because I already had my background in lash extensions and I could create custom artwork that was so unique to the industry that a regular graphic designer wouldn't necessarily know how to create or what we want. If you go back in time at the page, like the Lash Reality page, you can see a surface level design that doesn't really speak to a lash artist necessarily. But now whenever she decided to bring me on, it's like she already knows the type of content that I make because I was making content like on my own account. And what helped me get this job, and this is where I feel like people can take away something, is that what helped me truly, if you want to work with a brand or business in this capacity, you have to understand that you can't just go up to them and say, hey, I want to work for you, but you have nothing to show. You have to be able to prove yourself to these people and they have to trust you and have this repertoire of things to look at and understand that I can put my all my eggs in your basket and I know that you will take care of me. There's a lot of people that do get scammed with like social media management or graphic designers. And I've heard it all like from brand owners that it happens frequently that they pay a bunch of money to a marketing team and then it doesn't really pan out that well or it's just a waste of money. So hiring with Within the lash world, as I like to say, is a very smart move for these brand owners that are very scared to take that next step and pass off the baton to somebody else. So this is another subject that I like to talk about, and I really wish I could speak to brand owners listening to this. But if you are trying to do it all yourself, 
you cannot because it is going to hold you back. If you are trying to be your fulfillment, your ordering, your photographer, your videographer, a lash artist on top of that, and then you're trying to make all of your own graphic design, which maybe isn't that great, you are holding your business back. You absolutely are. No, I think what you just said is profound also just by the fact that you knew what value you could bring to the company. I think a lot of people want a job change and they just hope someone just hires and lets them do it. And you're like, nah, well, you need to prove yourself. When I went, went came to Hollywood to work in the film industry, I want, I found out that I want to be a writer, but writers don't make money. So I decided I would work my way in and be what they call a reader. And one of the keys I had to learn though, is like, you can't just show up at the studios and go, I want to be a reader. And they go, well, show us what you've read and, and show what you would write these four page reports. And that where I would break down a script, show the good, was good, was bad, synopsis, all this stuff. And he had to do it quickly. Like I'd read the script in an hour and a half and write the report in two hours. So like three to four hours, I would turn a script around. And I didn't have no examples and people just look at you and go pound sand. So I actually went to school, took some classes and I worked for free for like three, four months just to create enough work to show that I knew what I was doing. And then I started hitting doors and then I got like eight offers immediately because I, they, I showed, they read my work and went, oh, this is good coverage. This is good stuff. And so you had to prove yourself to people and you had to sacrifice a lot in the beginning to get there. And it sounds like you've, you've been preparing for this job now for the last 15 years. For your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've been working learning skills, learning things. And then finally the opportunity came and you jumped at, how did you approach Carly? Did you just DM her originally? Or was it one of those things where, yeah, I guess for people who are thinking about making the shift or pivot in their career and maybe pursuing a company. And how did you meet Carly? Yeah. Instagram is such a cool place because you can discover people all over the world, strangers. Obviously you guys know that. And I'm sure everybody listening has an Instagram, but it's like, I just the coolest people that you can meet by going on there and networking. And I found her brand probably right after she had started, but I don't think that I had talked to her until about 2020 when she had came on and I think she had DM'd me and she was like, I love your page or something, but I was still just like lashing. I didn't have my product line or anything yet. But when I reached out to her in, I think it was 2022, actually, it was like, in the summer because, oh yeah, it was July 4th weekend. I reached out to her and I said, hey girl, no pressure, but can we talk about like me doing your website or something like that? And I don't know what Carly had in her head at the time. Maybe she had a feeling that I might do more for her, but really that was just my entryway into her using me. But I, th I think she's told me a few times that she knew she had to fight because she didn't want to lose me and she didn't want me to end up going somewhere else or whatever. And she just saw a really great opportunity to work with me. And in 2022, she saw that I had the product line. She saw that I was doing all this stuff. So she already felt confident handing everything over and being like, just go at it, like go crazy. Because I've already had experience in Shopify. I've already had experience in making polarizing content and things that get attention. And I felt confident. And I think she felt that too, the confidence of like, I can go in and I can make this happen. There's just so many tools that you can utilize in that, like the confidence, the having your repertoire of things that you've made, like having all of that under your belt is going to help you to have somebody believe in you. Because we've had even, we, we've been trying to actually hire somebody to come on and help me with content creation because I can't do it all. Right now, what I do for Carly is I do anything that is online, like social media. I do product photography. I help her with the graphic design, obviously. I take care of the website and we also do business strategies. So because I had VOD lashes before and I was did product, I, I felt very comfortable in, in business strategies and being able to speak directly to these lash artists and what is going to work. But also a good strategist is someone that is very observant. So it's not just about going on social media and posting. Mm -hmm. That is not what it should be about. It should be about knowing what the trends are and knowing the algorithm and knowing every little tiny indignant like change that happens to the app and being able to utilize it. But not just that, but also the business as a whole. Like There's just so much that goes into the business. So I would say being a creative director for me is a very expanse thing. It's a huge array of things that I do. But... If I didn't have my background in what I did, then Carly would have never hired me. It's such a huge position, too, because 
Not only does Carly want me to just be a creative director, there is talk about different positions in the brand itself. So I think Carly is comfortable saying, but there might even be an opportunity to be a CEO someday. If you're a lash artist and you're listening to this and you think that, oh, I have to start my own product line, like I have to do all this work. No, you don't. You do not have to do that. There are so many job opportunities within this realm that you can pivot to if you want it. If you want it, then you'll work for it. Like everybody talks about manifesting. Just be the person that you want to see. Do the things that you want to do. If you want to create content for people, you better start making content of your own for your own stuff because we have to see that. We have to see that you're doing that. But us trying to hire somebody is like, it's really difficult to find someone because everybody says that they want it. But when it comes to actually doing the work, it's not necessarily what they're going to do. So the marketplace of ideas, the marketplace of opportunities, you have a skill as a lash artist, talking to the listeners, just like you did. And then you got, you were fortunate enough to get connected with somebody that was really need, had need for your skills. I'm thinking, where can other lash artists find this connection? Well, like going to conferences, like LashCon is one of them, because you're going to be in front of a bunch of different brands. And you mentioned that you had heard from Carly herself. She said she wasn't happy with her website. That's how you make these connections. You go to events, you connect with people, you don't sit in a room and hide. You reach out and you talk with people and that's how you connect with, they have a need. I have a skill. Let's see how it works to connect and be together and see if it works. But you have to be out there. Like you said, I just want to reinforce what you said is that you have to be doing it yourself too. have a portfolio, have some examples of your works that you can show. People reach us all the time and say, I'd love to partner with you and do some Something with you and we're like, yeah, what do you do? They're like, I don't know. I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. I'm like, but but I've never seen you speak. I mean, no offense, but you got to show me something like video or show me links or show me something you've done because all they want is the opportunity to be on the stage, but they haven't done the work to get there sometimes. Not always. Sometimes they have and it's just not the right timing, but I feel like sometimes people just want to come and get from you and you realize, but what have you brought to the table that, that would let me want to bring you on and hire you, I guess? Yes, as sad as it is, there's a lot of that, like where people, they want to see what we can do for them. What can Lash Reality do for me and what kind of discount can I get and all that? As long as there's a fair trade, I get that. But we can't always just be giving, giving, and we need something back. That's how the business operates, sadly. It's a for-profit business. We've got to work for the profit. Yeah. Like, got to work. Otherwise, so, you won't be around. You'll be out of business. That's the thing that people don't understand is that you have to offer. Like, I always tell people, hey, if you want to do something with us, come to me with an idea or an improvement. Like, I've had people come to me with ideas for LashCon that make it better. And amazingly, guess what? Those people go further than someone who comes to me and says, I want to be a speaker. I'm like, well, okay, I'll put you on the list and we'll get to know you over time and maybe you will. But someone who's like, hey, you know what? I can help you improve LashCon. Let me look, let's do this. Or what, have you ever thought about doing this? I'm like, you know what? You just went up the list of people because Because I- we have so many needs. And if you see something that needs to be done, let us know. We'd love to work with you. And you're jumping in. So, and the other thing I want to go back and hit on and one of the reasons I I was excited to have you come on is there's a lot of people in this industry who are doing LashCon and they're thinking all I can get next to is that product line, salon owner, which is what you did, right? But there are other options out there. There are other pathways. And I don't even think we've begun to explore these pathways. There are so many other ways to go. And I'm just excited to see your pathway, which led you into where you are now. And I want to encourage other people to maybe open up their minds, be thinking a little differently about their career, that maybe lashing, only lashing isn't just their only step. So there might be other opportunities in companies. I mean, Anne-Marie from UA is another perfect example, someone who's a lash artist who is now a CEO for Untamed Artistry. And she, I don't think that was originally her plan. It just evolved and developed. So like that for you, the same ideas, you become the creative director with hopefully other future growth. Because I know Carly is one of these people I feel like is very trusting and, believe, and, you, and believes in you and rightfully so. So hopefully your opportunities will continue to blossom and grow as the last reality grows. Yeah. And I look forward to all the things with all of the plans and the opportunities and potential of the business. That's what gets me really excited. And that's why I tried to start the podcast because I was so just ambitious to get us going, started on all these fun and exciting things. But then you realize how much work it actually is. And given all of the things that we have to juggle, it's a surprise that we don't have more people on like having just one person 
do everything is really hard. So I commend people that do that, but don't be afraid to hire. <laughs> like, do not be afraid to hire out. And even I, with the podcast thing, I did find somebody to edit our podcast because I was editing it myself. And it was taking me about eight plus hours to edit the podcast because I was being so picky about it. And yeah. And then I was like, I don't, don't want to edit this. Let me find somebody. But we found someone and around that time is where we had stopped, like where we had basically let life get in the way. And then it just, yeah, let's, I'm glad you brought it up. Cause that was my next or like our last yes. thing I want to get into was the podcast. First, tell me what's the name of your podcast and, and maybe what, <laughs> what got you into it and what, why you started it. Well, I love long form content. I love podcasts. I love YouTube videos. I love anything that allows you to soak stuff in and and I loved podcasts whenever I was lashing. So I would listen to everything. If it was an hour and a half, it was perfect because I could do my fills and listen to an entire episode. But we decided to start a podcast and we named it Lash Duality because Carly and I come from very two different worlds. She was a lash artist way before me. I believe she started about 15 years ago. And I had only at the time been lashing for like five years. So I love Russian volume and the Russian art so much. For me, it was like, that's the top tier. That's like the best of the best. I'm going to learn that. I'm going to take on that challenge. So whenever I did classes and I, I started implementing that into my routine, that's all I was about. I hated pre-mades. I hated anything that wasn't Russian volume. <laughs> so talking with Carly and as things started to change last year and just there was a lot of changes with the quality of pre-mades and stuff that were happening with Carly. As soon as she found pre-mades, she was like, this is my thing. I love pre-mades. And she made it her whole life and career. She built this machine, this beautiful, big warehouse machine now by herself. And whenever I found out like how big it actually was, I was so surprised because I didn't know that you could do that by yourself. Just, I commended her for that. But we decided to do the podcast because we would have these really great, intense conversations about lashes and coming from the two different worlds. And she comes from Las Vegas and has a totally different family than me. And so just everything that we would talk about was always just so interesting. And I, I loved the concept of a duality and like a completely opposite people having conversations about the same subject. And that's another reason why I love lashes is because there's everybody has a theory and, and we're all bringing new things to the table. We wanted Lash Duality originally to be a week-to-week -week podcast where we were talking about trends or things that were actively happening. And we wanted it to not just be like a news thing, but giving our opinions and advice on the different things that were happening in the Lash world or things that they could look out for. And we really wanted to bring on guests that could talk about things that were happening that they saw. But I also loved it as an outlet to share opinions and get things off my chest. Because if you're not doing it with like friends and family, you need a place to vent somewhere. And what better way to talk about lashes than get on a podcast for people to listen to? It was an exciting thing to start, but it was like our third weekend. We had done two, two weeks in a row. We got to our third week and then she had a spring break where her kid was off school. So then she could not, there was no time for us to record because she was with her kiddo. And I was like, okay, we'll just do next week. And the next week turned into next week. And it was just like life stuff. And with Carly's living situation, there was like a bunch of people in the house and stuff. It just became a lot more difficult to record. And also her Wi-Fi is like bad. So like, it was just like, what, how are we going to do this? But it's fine. Like we will eventually come back to it or we might change things up and maybe it will just be me on there. And that's totally fine. We want to be able to reach lash artists. That's all. It's just another outlet to reach lash artists. And we don't want to be a brand that is so surface level. We don't want to just be a face. We want to be somebody that you can relate to and that you hear our voices and get to know us because I feel like that's really important. And people don't buy from brands and businesses because they just like the product. They buy from brands and businesses because they like the people behind it and they connect with those people. I remember originally I was such a super fan of EBL back in the day. And it was because I had personally met Lindy at a trade show. And then I did love the product a lot. I still think it is some of the best product on the market. And I still love Lindy as an individual. I didn't think I'd be talking about her, but it's a great example of she is the face behind the business. And because I connected with her story, 
she would talk about she was a single mom and she was like trying to make things happen and pay her bills. And so she started the business. And I connected with that because I was a struggling person. What I didn't talk about before, which kind of connects everything all together in in a nice little bow, is that knowing your mental health status and knowing what you need and understanding your brain more is really important to all of this. Like you can't do any of this if you don't check in on your mental health. So one of my big motivations to do more and challenge myself and get out there. And I tell people about the initiative taking that I've done, but they don't know that I've struggled deeply with debilitating mental health issues where I've been and trigger warning, but I've been in places in my life where I didn't want to be here anymore and stuff like that. And to the point where it would last like 30 plus days, I would have episodic depression. I would have really bad anxiety, could leave my house, things like that. And I still go through some episodic things, but I got a medication. I took care of that. It took me a really long time, but I finally found something that worked. And my struggle with the mental health was due to my instability. And my not having money or struggling with the job or not feeling creatively fulfilling at my work or there was just a lot that contributed to it. Yeah, fulfillment. You, we need these things, certain Stability. fulfillment. Stability. But there's a, Stability. the hierarchy yeah. of needs, right? So yeah. if you don't have your basic needs taken, it destroys all abilities to have yes. the ability to flourish and to be happy and all that. You need to take care of the basics. And yes. it sounds like the medication, being more aware of some of these things helped you ground yourself a little bit before yes. you're able to move forward, right? Yes, because if you don't have that foundation, if you don't have your health, I mean, people say that all the time. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. Yeah. So for me, it was my mental health. Whenever I was in my salon, I became homeless and I slept in my salon oh. for four months and nobody yeah. knew. I didn't tell anybody. Wow. And that was a really deeply difficult time because I had all this stuff and I had I had all these things going for me is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. But I was the most depressed I had been in years. And it was like I couldn't stop thinking about wanting to die. And people would never look at me and think that. But that's why on my social media, I'm very transparent. Pretty much everybody that knows me in my real life know that I'm very vocal about stuff like that. And it's I think it's really important that we are taking those steps to prioritize the mental health of yourself and the people around you and accommodating yourself when you need that. And so what we were talking about previously before we started recording was that I just learned that I had ADHD. And when I figured that out, it was like everything made sense in my life. I've heard psychiatrists talk about how if you have ADHD, it's actually you're most likely going to be depressed. There's this likelihood that you are going to have issues or whatever. But now that I know that it's something that I struggle with and it's the cause for so many like dysfunctional things in my life, I was able to look at that from a logical perspective and say, what is it that I need? Because sure, yeah, we stopped the podcast and there's probably going to be other things that we have to take breaks on. But that's OK, because we're taking care of ourselves and we're putting ourselves first and we're doing what we have to do. And we want to take care of ourselves in that way. There was a book that I read a while back. I think it's called Neurodivergence and it was written by a woman, but she wrote it for women that struggle with neurodivergence and HSP, ADHD, autism spectrum. And she talked about how you can't deny yourself the things that you need in life. If you want to carry around a stuffed animal every day, carry around a stuffed animal every day. If you need a weighted blanket, go buy a weighted blanket. If it's something that's going to help optimize your brain, you might as well do it. Because how else are you going to be productive with your life? The whole American system and, and how we have to play that game of getting jobs and making money, sadly, we have to do that. But figuring out yourself first is the way that you do that. The only way that we can fit in and do our jobs and even be functional for your families. I think that's the most important thing is like being functional for yourself and your families and then your job. I've probably repeated myself a hundred times, but you know, just taking care of yourself. It, no, absolutely. It's great. And I just want to affirm you, Kayla, that you are not alone in the struggle. And this sounds like you're in a really good place now. You know what yeah. you need and you know, probably like when you start to have those fleeting feelings, it's like feelings are like the lights on a dashboard. Your brain, your body is telling you, ooh, pay attention to this because it's bringing up some old stuff. Now that you have a better understanding of your playbook, your brain's playbook, oh, I'm feeling a little bit anxious now. I'm going to let something go because my schedule's too full because I'm going to take care of myself. And I just want to affirm you as you continue to learn about your brain and just know that it's totally okay.
just watching you talk and just watching, especially in the very beginning, you would say words. I'm trying to find the words and I know exactly what you are going through because I have the same issue as well. I have a harder time parsing the information. It comes in here, but it's very hard for it to get here. So there's often lots of awkward pauses for me. And sometimes I, just like you do, I cannot remember what I just said. I will get lost mid-sentence and I can't remember because it's so busy in there. So I just want to affirm you, say, I see you sister i want you to know it's okay <laughs> that it takes longer for you to parse that information in fact i've given up with us on the podcast because i'm usually well i'm just not as smart so simpler words come out of my head I but i just track. i know tuss will be going and she'll and i'll hear this my like, tuss you can't talk like that on the podcast it's just verbal garbage it doesn't really sound good i'm trying to parse the information but she's thinking so a bunch of garbage comes out and i just think so it's now really funny. he helps i'm He's, the same way yeah yeah so anyway i see you i hear you you it, just i just want to affirm that you're i think that you're normal yeah. <laughs> i think that you're normal so yeah. it's very normal <laughs> what is normal now really it's hard because our kids had some challenges growing up with neurodivergence too and i remember one school we went to we were looking to get into a private school and we wanted to have them tested our son our middle son is is on the spectrum yeah. so they were testing them and they said we can't take your son and like why and it says well because we can deal with about 80% of the students that come apply to our school. They're the kids on the lower and top end that we just aren't prepared to deal with. And he was, he's super intelligent, like IQ through the roof. So they're like, we don't know how to work with him. And that was painful because it was like, makes us feel like, well, our kid's not normal. Something's not normal about him. And he is normal. It's just, we he's all normal are, for him. He's normal for him. And everyone's still a little different. And I think that's what makes the world so beautiful is everyone is a little bit different. We all have different wirings. And yeah. instead of feeling bad about it, I think we should be celebrating these things. And that's one of the things that I, I've really grown to love about you is that you really provide that different view different perspective like you said even little polarizing content on instagram which is so helpful because it gets people thinking gets people talking it gets people going out of their comfort zones because maybe there's something to learn here that i thought i had figured out and i just want to say i just feel a kindred spirit with you because i i can imagine you growing up our kids all had the same issue they didn't quite fit, fit in. in yeah. Our family, all we three of them. Like never fit we, in. we don't feel like we fit in. We're, we're the weirdos. We're yeah. the weirdos of the lash industry. And to always know that you're talented and you've got something special to share, but other people can't see it. Other people don't understand the complexity and the beauty of how you think. And you feel like a loner and a weirdo. And like, I, we, we get it. I know that there's a lot of people that listen that also feel this way. And this is a safe tribe for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I call you smart cookies. Cause I know that you're smart. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because it's, I, I feel like it just needs to be more normalized that Everybody thinks a little bit different. Everybody's hardwired a little bit different and that's okay. But that's, that is the beauty because you can say things that maybe someone else hasn't thought about before. And, yeah. you, and now you do with your yeah. podcast. You did. Yeah. And will. <laughs> yes. Cause we're, we'll get back on that. But yeah, there's a lot of ideas for the future of the podcast. And I really hope that people go over there and give it a chance at some point. But I really have a lot of ideas and, and stuff that I want to do over there and talk about because it's so worthwhile. Everything that you've said, it, it's just important to talk about things that sometimes people are either uncomfy with or maybe they haven't even talked about before. But That's right. Yeah. One of the things I would love to keep going, but I know Tesla's a client in just a few minutes. So we're going to have to wrap up, but it's been, this has been amazing. And I, I wish, uh, we'll just have to have you back. I, I feel like I say this with so many of our guests, we'll have to have you back. Yeah. And we're hoping in the future we can be doing, uh, right now we do two a week, but we'd love to get this even more. Or we're doing like almost, like, I'd love to do we, it every we, day. Our talked about is doing like a daily, almost episode, it might be shorter, but just a little short quip things. But mm-hmm. anyhow, that said, it's been so fun having you on and unpacking a little bit of you for people to see. And hopefully it's an encouragement to all our listeners to see that if you're feeling that you, yeah, that there are other career options, there's other choices, other pathways you can go. There's not just one way. And if you think differently, God bless you. That's awesome. We want, we need more independent thinkers, more people willing to go on the limb and be, say things that maybe aren't popular maybe aren't really considered kosher at the moment but maybe you're, you're going to challenge the norm and let people think differently and maybe you will be one of those people that comes up with r- russian volume right the, the first
first person who probably did that got pushback. Like, you, mm, what are you doing? Fans. Why would you do that? Yeah, or pre-made <laughs> fans. Like, why are you doing that? Like, we need more people doing that type of stuff. So where can we find you? Where can they go check out your three episodes you have, which God will will be more in one t- point. And, Season's right. Yeah, and all that. Our podcast is on Apple Podcasts. Okay. And is that what it's called? Well, there's, yeah, Apple Spotify? has their own Spotify, iHeartRadio. Okay. okay. You can find us on Apple and Spotify for our podcast. Just yeah. type in Lash Duality. Uh, you can find me or message me on Instagram at VOD Lashes, V-A-U-D-E. And if you want to follow our business account where we sell products and supplies and see a lot of really funny stuff, but also some educational stuff, you can go to at Lash Reality. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Really cool. And, and, and there's, and there's yeah. definitely funny stuff. I mean, I reposted one of your things just like, like three or four days ago that I thought was absolutely hilarious. And it's so, always an honor to yeah. see you guys repost our stuff. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I used one of your videos in my, my training. Oh, yeah. Now we, I think we told you. Yeah. I told you that. It's, it's so spot on. We'll have oh, to do yay. this again. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful, yes. Kayla. And, and say hi to Carly for us. And we will definitely see you at LashCon. And hopefully other future last events. Yes. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for having me. Of course. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash buddy, Tessany, as well as our special guest, Kayla, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. 